You're listening to Hey Doc, the show for and by people passionate about healthy living, hosted by Dr. Bridger Cutler and Dr. Caleb Valdez, two chiropractors seeking to make the world a healthier place. Hey, hey, um, I am Dr. Cutler, and this is my co-host, Dr. Valdez, and welcome to Hey Doc Health Topics. So we're really excited about today, but first off, just want to help you guys get to know us a little bit better. Um, tell me something great that happened this week, Dr. Valdez. Something great that happened this week. Um, I had the final active care visit with this cute little guy. His name is Atlas, actually, which is perfect name for a chiropractic baby. Um, got him adjusted. This kid has come leaps and bounds from a really stressful birth. I've been doing a lot of cranial work, getting his little noggin nice and round. Uh, he was, he came in with protocolis, you know, where he couldn't move his oh, neck yeah. both ways. And so we got that moving for him. I mean, the kid's just thriving. He's happy as a clam. He loves his adjustments. Um, but he's finally graduated down to just kind of a wellness, you know, maintenance schedule now. And dad and mom are loving it. He's sleeping through the night. He's pooping like he's supposed to. So that was a big win. I love chiropractic yes. and baby chiropractic is like the only yeah. way you can make chiropractic better. Yeah. I mean, baby chiropractic. And the, the cool thing about babies is they're not going to lie to you. That's true. And that's one thing is that as they come in and it's like animal chiropractic too. Animals don't lie to you. They don't, they don't look at your feelings. Babies don't care about your feelings. Like if you do a crappy job, they let you know. <laughs> and it, as you see a baby start to recognize that when you hold, like when the mom hands them off and they start to completely change their demeanor, they're like this guy is here to help me or this lady's here to help me and really feel like the intention you have with your hands as you're holding them completely such a big change. Yeah. I mean, especially like a lot of times when they come in the first time, they're used to getting pricked by needles anytime they see a doctor, anytime they see some random guy or some random lady. And I, I think it's such a cool thing that we're able to do that with their hands. And I love the feedback that babies give. Uh, you had a baby adjustment this week too. Dude. I did. It was awesome. I mean, first time seeing the baby. And I mean, he definitely had um, some stuff that had gone on. And so very, very hesitant, but it was a great thing. Had had some great success that mom was telling me all about it. And yeah, I mean, you just, you get so excited about things like that. Um, but I think the the big thing for me that was really exciting this week was I was able to go to um, Pleasant Grove High School and I was able to go and kind of be a speaker and a presenter in some of the health classes. Um, I think the majority of the kids were sophomores and some some juniors, my little brother was in one of the classes. And we just went over like the basic nutrition and it was just so much fun to get in there and to just go through and just be like, hey, here are the things I wish I knew. Today we want to go over uh, reducing your toxic load. All right. And Dr. Valdez, I'm going to pass it to you on this. Explain to me, what is my toxic load? So toxic load, and a lot of people are talking about this. There's a lot of different names. We call it body burden or just your environmental toxins, things like that. Uh it's really easy to kind of spiral into this like dark hole where you think that everything's trying to kill you because it pretty much is. <laughs> but if you start small and you just take incremental steps at reducing the amount of toxins that you're exposed to, uh, it's very doable. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out process, a super expensive process. We're not asking you to go through your medicine cabinet and your cosmetics and everything and throw everything out. Just start taking little steps but we're going to give you the information in this episode to understand what and why you need to do that. Absolutely. One of the big things we want to do with, with that specifically is just what are the biggest contributors to this? What are the, the easiest things for you to take out? Yeah. Like you were saying, we don't want it to be you have to take everything 
all right now. Right. So a little baby steps. Right. The biggest thing would be, I mean, there's dosage, which how toxic is it? If you're in contact with one thing that's really, really bad for you once, let's say you're painting your car or something, you're not doing any protecting of your respiratory system. That That's a pretty heavy dose that you're getting exposed to all at once. Most people are not doing that. Most people, it's tiny toxins that have accumulated over months and months or years of use, and it's a daily contact. So yes, look at the big ticket items that are very dangerous and toxic that you might come in contact with, but also look at the little things that you come in contact with all every day and you have for a while. So these are anything you put on your body because anything that goes on your skin goes into your bloodstream. Just think of it that way. Anything in your bloodstream eventually ends up in things like your breast milk, your central nervous system. Your body can only keep those at bay for so long. And so anything that goes on your body or in your body is definitely uh, needs to be examined for those those toxins and things like that. I mean, I I think that's a phenomenal point right there. But when it comes down to, because I know when I talk to people about like toxins in their food or toxins in the things they use or toxins in their clothes. Yeah. Talk about microplastics and things like that. And I mean, do they have to eliminate all that? Should they be wearing just like, they have to go and throw away their entire wardrobe and, and all these different things to get rid of, to eliminate be all those toxins. Just yeah. Wear hemp and, yeah. Uh, like how, what, what should they do? They Do they have to eliminate everything? No, I think those would probably fall into the category of things to eliminate towards the end because there is there is definitely transfer of microplastics and you know things like that but just start with something big and basic like not using dryer sheets you know switch to those wool Huge. dryer balls and and you're any time you're taking a step like that you're reducing the toxic load for your body your filtering organs are already doing their thing trying to get as much of that out as we can we'll teach you a couple things you can add in very low cost, um, high efficiency to support filtration in your body and to encourage those metabolic processes to allow your body to, to filter that out. So you don't have to go all the way full hippie unless you want to and more power to you. But t- pick one thing today, one thing next week. You know, just there's lots of little ways you can re- reduce and eliminate those toxins. And then as you're going to the store to replace cookware or buy your next round of detergent or whatever it is, start paying attention to those things, reading labels, being informed of what it means. Um, Just like we talked about in last episode, as you're on this health journey, you're trying to get out of this toxic cesspool that we all live in. There's a backstop there that these marketing companies and the powers that be have to try to push you back into the little crab bucket you're trying to crawl out of. And that is these pseudo healthy fake health products uh, yeah, that, that brand it like that box of that box of sugar flaky cereal <laughs> that that has like the the natural looking cardboard with some some green accents on it and plant leaves yes like, oh this is it and it'll say 100 percent something like whole grain gmo like yeah. yeah whatever it is i i'm i'm calling bs on that for yeah. most of these cases still wouldn't be allowed in europe yeah yeah. So just know that there's an entire line of products and almost every company has done it now that they're like, oh, we're going to appeal to the green, crunchy, healthy people and we're going to market them this and it's going to look like it's all natural and all recyclable and all junk. Basically. So let me ask you this. How, how does somebody find is there is there are there websites that you like? Or have you found one? I know that there was one that you were using that we found out is a pay-to-play, yes. and that's kind of a bummer. That is a huge um, bummer. So, <laughs> are there are there any that you've found since that? Yeah, that you like that you recommend for like looking and checking through products to see how safe they are. There is, and there's an entire movement dedicated to people like us and like you guys that are frustrated with this type of 
fake um, health fakeness. I don't know what you even call this thing. It's it's shysty. It's <laughs> it's like scamming people. Yeah. Um, I I really like brands like Melaleuca um, and DoTerra. They they produce a lot of alternative cosmetics and things like that. And for the most part, they're pretty clean. They're definitely cleaner than those companies. Aside from the MLM <laughs> format, but I mean, you can work within that. And honestly, the, the products that they make yeah. can be very good. Yeah. Um, in my book, I reference a website called EWG, um, the Environmental Work Group. They're good, but take it all with a grain of salt because they are pay to play, like you said, which is a huge bummer. A company can go to them and offer them a lot of money to give them a good score and to kind of turn the other way when in regards to some things. But let me just give you guys some kind of basics to look for that should be red flags, no matter what you're buying. And I'll kind of tell you why. I really want to get down to, to the list of things and really that explanation. And I know a lot of these things, but we, we kind of want to make, make it more. And I know... I come to him for a lot of my, my information on things like this. We've done a lot of the research together and I really like the explanation he has. And when he was doing his book, again, shout out Starting Babies, phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, especially if you're a mom or dad, I mean, you need to learn more about that connection you need to have with your baby and about how you can really maximize that connection you have there. And it goes into a lot of, a lot of like information on this and what to avoid. And he's kind of kind of go through some of those things. Yeah, so I do have a chapter in there dedicated to this. We wanted to do an episode on it. Uh, I think starting out, though, it's really important that you get sign-on from your spouse, your significant other, you know, who you share this with, because these are products that involve your living space, your entire environment. And so it takes a team. We're very like-minded, so we share. Yeah. I mean, if you look around the office right now, we have things that are non-invasive, non-toxic. It, it, it really takes a village to raise a toxin-free village. Um, and so make sure you're both on the same page with that. Uh, try to control as many aspects of your supply chain as you can, which means farm fresh, farm it at home, local grown, support local uh, businesses, farmers markets, things like that. We joke about that. It's kind of the Etsy lifestyle. Everybody's yeah. into that right now. But there's actually some truth to that because you can make sure that those companies, those farmers, those producers have your best interests at heart. When you're buying from the big box, big talks stores, I could call them. Yeah. Um, they they are mostly foreign owned, and I'm not going to name any countries' names, but there is one country that is pumping out so many toxins right now in the in the food products, in the uh, products that they're they're you know the consumables and stuff. Trust me, you don't want to deal with imported cheap toxic supplies so as much as possible know where your food comes from know where your your clothing everything else as much as you can get it as close to home as you can and you won't regret that and then number three is simplify your diet you want to talk a little bit about that absolutely and, and i kind of want to just jump back to him saying like get your spouse or get whoever you have in your health your home if i mean if you have kids and stuff like that it really does take does take a village because you need to get everybody on the the, the same level to understand where you're coming from with these things, why you're doing it. Okay. If people understand principles, that will change behavior a lot quicker than just telling them about the behavior will change their behavior. And so when it, when, and it's the same thing with, with nutrition. Um, if one person in the house, like if let's say two people are living together, if one person in the house is eating one way, wanting to be super healthy and they get rid of all the garbage that they have, um, all the, the not so great food that, that really just sets them off and, and does it help them with their goals? But the other one's just like, no, I'm going to keep eating the way I, I want to. It's going to make it really hard to make those changes for the other person. 
So having both people on board, I'm saying you have to cut off everything. And that's where it comes down to not complete elimination, but reduction of these things. It's going to help. And with diet, it's such a huge thing. Cause when you can recognize like right now, just so you know, um, cause I had a lot of people ask me about game changers when that came out on Netflix and I, there's a lot of things that have been debunked in that they very much looked at research that specifically was going to benefit them. They didn't look at any of the research that went against what they thought because there's a lot of research that actually went against what they thought and showed the opposite. You can get the same amount of protein in like what, uh, I think it's like a quarter pound of steak. So like four ounces of steak as you get in like three pounds of broccoli. Like, oh yeah, you can get just as much protein from eating broccoli as you can from steak. I'm sorry. You ever eaten three pounds of broccoli? Yeah, you will be crapping your pants and and just it's like Kevin on the Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to like uh. Yeah, it's gonna be terrible. Like no one can eat that amount. And it's it's about the bioavailability bioavailability of it too. Plants are a lot harder for your body to digest because you can't digest cellulose. So some of that that nutrient, because when they determine how many calories foods have in them, they 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 use a like a a method in which they're going to burn down everything. It's going to pretty much, it shows how much all the, all the different structures that make up that food contribute. And so it isn't specific to our bodies. So a lot of times like our body won't be able to digest all of the nutrients, all of those things that are in it. So we won't be able to extract them as much. But when it comes to meat, our bodies are very efficient at extracting the nutrients out of that. So big difference there. Yeah. And so going back to the toxic load of all of these, these plants are treated, heavily treated with herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, all the sides. Yeah. And all the sides. Side means to kill. So if it's killing everything else around it to protect your Ooh, pre- let's perfect. Put a plug in there. Side means to kill. And so we do that to kill all the bugs off, but a lot of that ends up on those leafy greens. They're very porous. That cell, the cell pulls it in and it's designed to penetrate in and it's, it's an oil-based substance. They don't want rain to wash it off. They don't want a little rinse under the sink to wash that stuff off. So consequently, humans are ingesting this and those little toxic amounts are accumulating. Now, if you ingest a lot of those herbicides, those go into your gut and they start killing off your bacteria that's help, helping you digest that, that's protecting the gut lining to keep that food in your intestine where it belongs and not in your bloodstream where it doesn't. So I feel like that's a pretty easy first kind of first step. If you really want to start eliminating or reducing toxic load in your life is start washing your food, wash your fruits, your vegetables, um, make sure it's clean and use, use a solvent that's going to actually be able to get those herbicides. And I mean, when it comes to vegetables, sometimes it's just safer to, to peel them. Like zucchini, yeah. cucumber. I don't know if you've ever taken a cucumber and just like taking your fingernail along it. The amount of wax that you pull off of there. I mean, your yeah. stomach does not like that. Yeah. So like skinning those things and then using, I know there, there are a lot of like kind of home remedy type things like using baking soda and vinegar to help clean off fruits and stuff like that. We use a garnish, just a little like yeah. a device. You put it in the bowl. It uses electrolysis to kind of break up those benzene hexene rings. Um, in the morning when I'm doing like a uh, hot pot for a, you know, a little uh, water kettle, I'll heat up a little bit extra just to pour it over my apple to melt off that wax and that stuff that comes off that. It's smart. I really gross. melt that wax. <clears throat> and like, I know my mom, when I go to my mom's house, um, a lot of times she has like the Trader Joe's. Some of those can be great. Some of the, the 
the cleaners can be okay, but also there's going to be chemicals in some of those cleaners. And you need to be aware of that. Also be aware of what type of, what kind of the, is it a fat soluble um, herbicide or pesticide that they have on the food? Because there are different things that you need to use for that. Yeah. So kind of figure out how you can clean best. So why do we care about all this? I guess, why should we care about this? Um, people are getting sick and they're, there are so many different things that are stacked against us. If this is one little corner of your health that you can protect by reducing that body burden, that toxic load, I guarantee you your your hormone cycles, your hormone regulation is going to go up. Um, if you are working to become pregnant or are pregnant or are breastfeeding, those chemicals are the biggest uh, detriment to a healthy pregnancy and a, a you know, establishing uh, breast milk supply because your body gets so confused with all the toxins there. And I have this theory and it's not research-based, but I think that a lot of times our bodies know when there's toxins that are being passed on to baby, whether through our bloodstream or through the breast milk. And the smart evolutionary thing to do is to shut off that supply so that mom finds another way, a, a cleaner supply, a healthier way to feed that baby that doesn't involve the toxins that are, are in her body. So logically, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about like what the mother's body does during pregnancy. Like if you're not eating enough food in, during pregnancy, you're not getting the nutrients you need, your body will actually start to eat your own body to give it to the baby, to make sure that baby still progresses because innately it wants that baby to survive. It wants that progeny to be formed. It wants it to be healthy. And so, I mean, if you're taking in a ton of these toxins that we have and all this stuff, why would your body, knowing that some of that's going to be put in the breast milk, why would it start creating breast milk for that baby? Also, the toxins can mess wildly with your hormones, like fragrances and stuff like that. And we could start kind of go over some of those toxins. Yeah. I wish people would understand, yeah, it may smell good, but there are so many toxins in those fragrances. And apart from the fragrances, that you're not putting on your skin, directly on your skin, that's going to absorb in there. So yeah, the only way you can make something that smells that strongly is to have a very unstable molecule that's constantly breaking down. That is, that is the recipe for oxidative damage in your tissues because those rings are constantly breaking apart and falling apart. They're bombarding these tiny microscopic structures all the time. You're just, I mean, it's like putting your cells in a blender. You <laughs> free radicals right there. Yeah, that will age you so quickly. And then they give you a bunch of creams and stuff to cover up the effects of what those types of things are doing. Yeah. Um, don't get me started on sunscreens and stuff like okay. that. But but the way that anything smells good, and I'm sorry, ladies, like Scentsy candles. Guys, it's that tree air freshener in your car that makes it smell like new car. I know. Those are just... I love that black eye smell. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I remember the car yeah, in Dallas. Was just, the negatives that it has. It is. And it's one of those things that's slowly been reducing. Yeah. If you're one of those people that struggles with chronic like allergy symptoms, you're always sneezing, coughing, you get sinus infections, you get headaches, it's probably due to a ton of inflammation that's going on in your sinuses, in your nasal passages, and the upper respiratory system because your body is just inundated with free radical oxidative damaging um, phthalates, they call them, all these smelly, smell good chemicals and things like that, or scent binding chemicals, which is another thing that they have in a lot of air fresheners and stuff. So really look at the Febreze products, the Scentsy candles that you're burning, all of the colognes, the fragrances, anything that smells strong. And you know what I'll tell you, like when we cut out strong smelling stuff, our noses become a lot more fine tuned to things. We become aware of 
problems a lot sooner, you know, a yeah. leaky gas pipe or a, you know, food in the refrigerator that's going wrong. Our bodies are supposed to detect those types of smells and they're ready to, to deal with it. Um, but only if we can do that. They did a really interesting study called that smelly t-shirt. I don't know if you've read this study before. I don't know. It took a bunch of guys, had them work out, oh, yes. did it really sweaty. And then they sealed these into bags and they had girls come in and smell the bags and just rate how attracted they were to the owner of that shirt based purely on the smell. And objectively ranking these people, the better a guy smelled, the more attractive a girl was to that was all um, it, it correlated directly, except for in about 20% of the cases. And they found out in those 20% of cases, girls uh, were on birth control, hormonal birth control pills, and that reversed their sensitivity to smells and things like that. So. Oh. We'll get into that topic on another episode too. But if your hormones are where they're supposed to be, you're going to smell smart guys. I have heard it. We're going to talk a little bit about birth control a little bit later on in this. But there are so many other things. And look at your food too because a lot of that has to do with, I mean, you're going to be excreting certain toxins and stuff through your armpits. How much garbage you're eating. Also, look at the sugar is what feeds a lot of those bacteria and crappy fats that feed those bacteria that live in those places. So number one, use a soap that's not a detergent, that's not going to just like kill everything on your skin. Use a soap that's going to be a little bit softer and allow the good bacteria on your skin to flourish and is actually going to allow those bacteria to take over the bad and to kill the bad bacteria. Yeah. And they'll eat a whole bunch of sugar and garbage foods that are going to feed the bad bacteria so they can grow. Okay. It's about having that balance. And again, I mean, I'm not like a Actually, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna fight that. I love essential oils. They're phenomenal. There's a lot of benefits you can have from that. There are a lot of really good smelling essential oils too. Like I'm at the point now where I'll just take some like coconut oil. I'll rub it on my wrist with um, like an oil I want to smell like, like cinnamon oil. Yeah. I had this one that was a mix of like clove, cinnamon, things like that, and it kind of smelled like gingerbread. I smell amazing. It's like I love Christmas it. all the time. I know, it's like Christmas all the time. So <laughs> things like that that can really you don't have to smell that. And then, I mean, deodorants and things like that, finding ones that are very clean, what they are humble. I love that brand. Yeah. Great brand. That literally, I think it has four ingredients in it. Yeah. And you know exactly what they are. One of the tricks that they're getting into right now that all these brands are is they'll name something and then they'll put in parentheses what it is afterwards. It's like a plant-based cleanser or a... yeah butterfly farts, you know, like something yeah, like you can't even get so like great. read the word and it's just like, yeah. this is what this is. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then people buy it. They think they're doing great method. I'm looking at you. Um, they are so good at convincing you're making a healthy choice, but it's the same garbage, just in a prettier package with these cutesy little labels at the end of it to make you feel good about what it is. Don't fall for it, guys. If and 99% of your products, I'm, I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to see this thing that says, Fragrance, perfume, uh, natural, uh, what do they call it? Natural, naturally scented. Yeah. Those, you need to know that those are not regulated by any government entity anywhere. Let me just go off on a little soapbox with that. There is nobody watching out for you on this. FDA, USDA, anybody you think is in charge, like CDC, testing the safety of these things and seeing if it's okay to put these chemicals in or on your body. Everybody is out to lunch now. They are all bought and paid for. Nobody is protecting you. This is up to you now. So that said, perfume, parfum, fragrance, natural scents, anything like that or artificially scented, which is even worse, 
those are a catch-all thing that any of the toxins that they don't want to list on the back of the label, they put it in this blend. They claim it's proprietary. They don't legally have to declare what's in it because it's your trade secret. And they can put that on there. There's an average of 14 different chemicals in there that are only legal in the United States and sometimes up to 70 different compounds. And almost all of them, if not all, have been linked to incidences of cancers of certain types. So just know that fragrance is a dead giveaway for problems like this. And when we first started, I mean, when anybody first starts into this journey, you're noticing a lot more BO and things like that because your body's getting rid of these toxins. And now they're not covering it up. Your, your nose is actually working like it's supposed to because it's not being bombarded with toxins either. So you're going to start to notice some smells and things like that. I've lived overseas a lot of my life. People don't smell great. I'm just going to put it out there. I've been in some really crowded marketplaces and buses in other countries that have very different standards of living. That's okay. Embrace that human smell for a little bit. Focus on your toxic load. And I promise you on the other side of this, there's a lot better smelling, a healthier living lifestyle. We, we don't stink, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, after, I, after I work out really hard, I mean, sometimes I do. But yeah. Like, but even then. It's just... just I mean, stay clean, yeah. use, use good products. And I think I, it has made a big change. Like after I switched from soaps that had a ton of fragrance in them, I mean, I love the smell of those different things. Like you have like your old spice and your classic smells that you like as a kid. And when I switched from those, I was like, ah, oh, I don't smell as good. Or I, it doesn't make that big. It doesn't make as big of a difference. And I started to notice my own smell. And then I started to recognize as I was eating better, as I was kind of watching what I was putting in my skin and not putting this, this garbage stuff on there, mm -hmm. it started to not be as bad. I could go longer and it wouldn't be like I go the entire day and I wouldn't smell that bad. Also, I've been using natural deodorant for a while now and my armpits. Yeah, of course, by the end of the day, kind of stinky, but I work out a lot and I mean, I'm sweating a bunch. My body's very efficient at sweating yeah. and like, yeah, I may have to apply it once or twice, but I know it's going to be clean. I know it's going to help the good bacteria. Um, really flourish. And then in the shower, I just make sure I scrub my armpits. Mm -hmm. I scrub my armpits with a good quality soap. One that I know all the ingredients in it. Usually it's just going to be based off of like glycerin and um, then I'm going to have like essential oils in there. Yeah. And it's going to be phenomenal for you. Yeah. And that's really makes a big difference. And really quick, when it comes down to fragrances, another thing they do, not just toxicity and things like that and messing with your, olfac uh, your olfaction is going to be messing with your hormones. There was that big study that came out that showed that um, men now have like 60% less testosterone, like 60% lower testosterone levels as, a, as opposed to like the 1960s to, to our grandparents, which is crazy. It's crazy. But a lot of that has to do with, I mean, look at the changes that have happened besides processed foods and all these, these new lotions and fragrance. Fragrances is a huge thing. Yeah. I don't even swear fragrances all the time, right? which directly affect our endocrine system. Yeah, they're so closely related and also memory. And this is kind of a weird tangent, but I've been looking at this lately. Smells go in your nose, obviously. It gets picked up in what's called the cribriform plate, the ethmoid sinus. That is innervated by cranial nerve one, which brings that in. It's a like a, a highway on-ramp into the brain. And it dumps it off in this little structure called the parahippocampal cortex, which is very closely related to memory formation. Which is why if you smell something, smells are so closely linked to memories. And I think that's an evolutionary thing that humans have gotten used to. You know, you smell like chocolate chip cookies on a rainy day and you're instantly transported back to when I was like six or seven yeah. and mom had a plate coming out of the, the oven. You know, like those are so key for that. 
And what we've done now is we've kind of erased a lot of our cultural memory uh, associated with smells because everything smells like Axe now. It all smells yeah. like Febreze. Unsolved. Febreze, yeah. Things. Yeah, so you're losing a huge part of that. And you talked a little bit about people's just natural flora, their smell. Um, they don't stink um, once you really hit that homeostasis level. Yeah. Um, a smell of a person is just like their face, like their clothes, like their movement pattern. I, I associate with them in memory because I've had so much interaction with the natural smell of that person. And if everybody walks around smelling like Old Spice all the time or, you know, whatever perfume is just wafting through there, it, it really makes it hard to form and sort those memories and allocate those things to people. I'm sure dogs get so fed up with us. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they just hate us. Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you cover yourself up with? with this garbage. Can't, so. can't even recognize you. Yeah. I mean, talking about like pheromones and, and pheromones of different animals and like our inability to like, I mean, we want to talk about attraction and like proper attraction when it comes to, to matings and stuff like that. Like finding a mate, um, all these things just cover up the pheromones, the natural pheromones that we should be creating. Yeah. So, and yeah. directly connected to our hormones. And that, that smelly shirt test that they did, that's something called histocompatibility. You're smelling for a partner that is creating um, immune immune system uh, responses, antigens like antibodies that are different from yours so that your baby has the best of both worlds. When you cover that up, you wreck any chance of building a, a herd immunity if such thing can exist because you're not necessarily matching with somebody who's histocompatible anymore. You're not finding the smell of the person that you are supposed to be around for immune system purposes. That's interesting. Which is really kind of crazy when you start unpacking all that stuff. So yeah. And you can tell the people who are trying to keep their skin looking clear and the people whose skin is just clear because their their liver is functioning like it's supposed to. They're yeah. not covering up scents. They're not covering up symptoms and things like that using detergents and soaps and yeah. all that. Another thing that's really important too is who who's ever smelled like a baby's head, like a brand new baby's little soft head? That triggers oxytocin release in the parents. And one of the first things we do is we scrub that baby with soap head to toe. And then we cover up their head with a beanie because we're scared that they're going to get cold. And we're blocking those smell receptors between mom and baby. So that's shutting down her oxytocin production. That's what is in charge of letting the uterus go back to its normal size, to shut down bleeding postpartum, um, to return milk supply, colostrum production, all those important normal, natural, physical cascades that need to happen. We're blocking that because we're turning off the sense in that area. I don't care who you are. That right there should just fascinate you. <laughs> um, next thing is we talked a lot about fragrances and stuff like that, but smells are so important for communicating and, and creating all these things. But focus on the things that you can control daily, the things that you're in contact with. If you have to splurge, if you have to start investing some money to get away from the system that you're in, work on the things that you have to have every day to survive. Things like air and water, obviously. Um Let's talk about water quality just for a little bit. We're going to do a whole episode on water, you guys, but I just yeah. want to kind of share what, what we've found that works for us. Everything that your body does requires water. Um, digestion, toxin elimination, sweating, all of those ways that our body eliminates toxins, you need to have water. And you need to have a clean water supply. Uh, if you go to a site like EWG and you type in your zip code, you can see what's in your tap water. And just because the government allows that stuff to be in your water does not mean that science allows it or that it's a safe level to have. Yeah. So we live with huge amounts of arsenic right where we are because there's a lot of mining operations in the mountains above us. Um, tin, 
Tin, incidentally, when it's in your bloodstream, it bounces around these little particles of tin. And when it hits the membrane of the mitochondria, which the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cells, you remember from high school, um, it depolarizes that membrane. And your cell has to work all over again to catch up, creating that charge on that membrane. And then tin comes along and it dings it again. And you're chronically tired because you have tin in your water supply. A lot of that stuff, and the, the stuff that we have, just gets it gets into the water. And in essence, like we're putting, I mean, so many pharmaceuticals that just through through the process of uh, water filtration and water processing plants, like a lot of that stuff is still going to be in there. So important that we, we filter it out and we, we get something that's going to be able to do that. Reverse osmosis is a pretty decent thing. Um, yeah. uh, invest in a high quality water bottle that is reusable, preferably something that's stainless steel or non-plastic. Or glass. Yeah. yeah. Stainless glass, steel or glass. Glass, glass is steel. awesome. So, I mean, things like that are going to make a huge difference, especially in Tupperware too. It's another thing, Tupperware, yeah. what you cook your food in, what you eat your food, like get glass, glass or stainless steel. If you're going to use those um, water bottle wise, do that. Just get rid of the plastic. I know they say BPA free or whatever. A lot of times they replace it with BPFs, which is BPA's like worst cousin that just, yeah. and, and they told lawmakers, they said, well, by the time you pass a law against BPS, we'll have already moved on to the next worst thing or whatever it is. So if it's holding on to your spaghetti sauce from last yeah. week, if it's pink from that, can you imagine what it's doing with these tiny microscopic particles of, of pure death that oh, yeah. it's hanging on to those two. So and then when you heat it up, I mean, especially taking things that are really hot, putting them directly into plastic or heating the plastic up in the microwave yeah cannot be good and then you're going to sit in the fridge for yeah a week think about the extraction techniques come that's the same thing you do to get oils out of stuff like canola oil heating cooling heating cooling pressing all these different things yeah um so i mean it can't be good when it comes to your food and putting in those yeah so when we talk about water supply don't just run out and buy a case of water that's probably been sitting in the sun at a shipping dock yeah. or a parking lot at walmart and getting ultraviolet light going through plastics and into water. The reason water has an expiration date, by the way, is because that's how long it takes that water to leach out all of the toxins from the plastic that you're now drinking in your body. So another thing to watch out for, and this is just a pet peeve of mine, when you go to a, a restaurant and they serve you something in a plastic cup with a plastic straw and you get a wedge of lemon in there, that citric acid is dissolving all of the plastic and the dishwasher detergent from a bunch of strangers before you in that glass. And then it's leaching the plastic, the cheap plastic out of the, out of the straw. And you're literally just drinking a tea of plastic at that point. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't know this until recently like <laughs> when I saw that because we have some lemon oil and it, it got out and it got on plastic. And I just watched it completely eat this plastic. Like it ate the plastic back. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, citric acid in there. It eats plastic. So all these people, when you when you have a plastic cup or even you drink out a plastic cup and you put some, I don't know, lemon or just or lime, yeah, or whatever it is, it's just that that really that citric acid, it's just gonna start dissolving that plastic. So now you're drinking that. Yeah. And just can't, I mean, think about that. Think of the lemon drinking. wedge. Yeah. If it's in a glass maybe it's okay and I'll squeeze the lemon into it, but then I put the wedge itself to the side. Lemon wedges consequently are the highest incident of E. coli that you can get at a at a, uh, a restaurant or uh, hepatitis A. Most likely to be on those things because the, the prep chef is not super, super strict about the cleanliness on while they're cutting up those limes. So just skip the wedge. Um, it'll be fine. But that lemon oil is great. If you yeah. can take lemon essential oil, that's going to go through your body and really it'll eat the microplastics, break those down even further. So your body can help get those out. So very awesome right there. Okay. So that's water, um, air, air filtration. 
especially nowadays, um, we live in a valid as an inversion effect. We have filters running in our office at home. Uh, sometimes we'll run a diffuser with some essential oils and things like yeah. that. I used to be a huge fan of tea tree eucalyptus oil just because it's it, or uh, melaleuca oil. I've switched to eucalyptus now because it's a cleaner scent, but the melaleuca tea tree oil mimics phytoestrogen. So it, it, it really increases your estrogen production as, as a dude that's problematic. And as a female, that uh, increases your risk of cancer if you're constantly bathing in, in that tea tree melaleuca oil. It, it can be very beneficial in certain cases when it comes to treating um, skin infections, though. Yeah. When it comes to like, um, I mean, athletes, but things like that. Like I've definitely used it to help and it, it does phenomenal things. Yeah. So be aware of that. Just don't, it isn't, shouldn't be your absolute go-to all the time. Don't use it every day. Don't use it chronically. Like, yeah. That use it for what it's, it's used for. Yeah. Those things are powerful enough to elicit a hormone response in your body. You just need to be aware of what, what that's doing. So absolutely. Clothing. We talked about this a little bit, microplastics, things like that. Clothing towards the end of your cleanse. I think this is something that you would, you would bring up. You're cleansed. Did I just say that? You did just okay, say that. Okay. What, what do we call this thing? Like your journey. Your, I, oh, <laughs> dude. Ugh. You're going to go journey. We're going to go full on. <laughs> your, uh, your spirit but, space. You know, start doing the kumbaya circles and stuff. Uh, uh, towards the end of this whole process. Yeah. Uh, that's very clinical. Um, then maybe look at switch. It's probably one of the hardest, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, you want to wear clothes that are in style and stuff like that. It's really hard to find ones that aren't, don't have a bunch of dyes and stuff like that. Um, just recognize like when you do buy clothes, wash them, wash them before you wear them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Through the whole processing of the clothes, there shouldn't be so many different chemicals on there. Just wash them first. Bed sheets. That's one where try and get like a really good high quality. He uses ones that have some silver in them. Um, I've used like just hundred percent organic, the natural. And I, I go with the undyed bed sheets yeah. and I've noticed just a complete change in my skin. I don't get near as many like pimples or anything like that. Try and shower before you go to bed too. Try and rinse off because I know if you've been sweating all day, you have all this garbage and you get on the, the sheets, it's going to leak into the sheets. And then when you keep laying on there, it's literally just going to be inoculating your skin again and again with the bacteria that you got through the day. Yeah. So if you can shower before bed, um, wash your sheets consistently, regularly, honestly, every week's a good idea. And your bed, your, um, your covers, what's it called? The, uh, Pillowcases. There we go. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Wash your pillowcases. Okay. I like to double up my pillowcases too, just so it isn't just, I'm not getting all the bacteria and stuff from my head into the pillowcases because I don't wash my hair all the time. Like, see, for a while, I went like two months without washing my hair. It's fine. It's super healthy. Yeah, it works great. Great for my scalp. Um, but like, I didn't want to have all that stuff leaking into my pillow. And so I just doubled up. And, I just and check your pillows too, because a lot of them use synthetic fibers to make yeah. them super fluffy and soft. A lot of hospital or hotel pillows and hospital pillows are that synthetic fiber and stuff. Um, that stuff is especially pernicious. So try to find something that's, I, I use pillows that are bamboo based. Um, if we have memory foam style pillows and, and yeah. have some of those, those are try to find something that's a little closer to natural if you can, or double it up like that to just keep whatever's in your pillow in your pillow. Yeah. So and then you talked about washing those, try to find a detergent that is really truly clean instead of one that just claims to be. There are tons of out there that are becoming more popular for pretending like they're healthy for you. Oh yeah. So finding one that, I mean, just look through the things, try and find ones that have the least amount of ingredients, the better. Yep. So that, that should be a kind of a staple thing. 
And he, he kind of coined this the other, the other day. He said, like, we were talking about like elimination diet stuff. He said, just call it a, a simplification diet. This should just be simplifying your life. Simplify the products that you use. Yeah. Get as the least amount of ingredients as you can in those products because that's probably better for you. Yeah. And fewer ingredients means fewer opportunities for you to mess up, overlook something. Uh, I was looking at toothpaste, that brand that we liked the other day, and it has titanium dioxide in it, which is a toxin. Um, and this toothpaste, for years, we've it's claimed to be fresh and healthy, and that's just kind of been our go-to brand. But looking at the back, read your, thing, read your labels. Um, a lot of them have carrageenan now in it. I try to avoid that if I can, just because it is an irritant to our bodies. Um, as far as so, uh, like toothpaste, um, anything that you're putting, soaps, shaving creams, things like that, look for things that are SLS free, which is sodium lauryl sulfate or sodium lauryl sulfate. Those, they're foaming agents. And so they just make your toothpaste foam up or your shampoo get really foamy in the shower. That's all it does. But it makes that little tiny burny, tingly feeling that you have when you brush your teeth. Um, and that's to convince you that it's working, which if you, by now you're not convinced by toothpaste, this is the podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can find something without sodium lauryl sulfate, sodium lauryl sulfate, those cause canker sores. And um, in some cases, you know, I've been linked with incidences of mouth cancers and things like that. So just steer clear of those agents. You don't need them in your, in your food, in your mouth, in, in those senses. So what's the product? I mean, we, we found out that the HelloFresh was the product you use now. Um, I actually use a hydroxy appetite solution. I bought it from some guy in Hawaii online. It was kind of a, yeah, a thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's great because it has about four different ingredients in it. The only active one is like a mint oil, just to give it a little bit of flavor, okay. but it's, it's water. It's a little bit of, I want to say monk fruit sweetener in it. And then it's okay. the hydroxy appetite. Um, be aware too that vegetable glycerin, which is a very common additive, especially in babies chewing toys, um, things like that, it makes your teeth slippery so that hydroxy appetite slides right off your enamel and it doesn't remineralize your teeth. Um, we want to talk about your strips your teeth of its ability to yeah, actually to fix itself. Yeah. So so I avoid anything with vegetable glycerin or any glycerins in it, um, and I'm actively putting hydroxy appetite calcium onto my teeth. The other cool thing is if I swallow some of it, it just becomes bioavailable calcium in my bloodstream, which makes, you know, everything yeah. work pretty great. See, that's something I need to change about mine. I honestly, I think right now, I know it's it's one that doesn't have fluoride. I know it's an unfluorinated. I know it's it's a pretty simple. I can't remember the brand. There's a reason I'm using. nine out of 10 dentists recommend certain brands because they're making a killing filling all these cavities yeah. that uh, we don't have to talk about. We don't, we don't have to get into it, but it's, it's something to think about is... Again, it's it's come down to this country is based on creating and fixing its own problem and creating dependencies because that's what keeps the money coming. Yep. So yeah, so it is totally possible to heal and fix a lot of these issues just by limiting your toxic load and your chronic exposure to those things. Dental work, you know, a lot of us have older amalgam fillings or mercury amalgam. Um, they don't use those much anymore. And I don't think anywhere because of what we know about mercury in our bloodstream, but all kinds of digestive and neurological things have been linked to bad dental work or, or you know, um, I grew up having dental work in Mexico and that wasn't always the best either. So just, just be aware of those things. Um, find a natural dentist, a naturally minded holistic dentist that's not going to push fluoride treatments on you every time. Let's talk about fluoride for a second. What can you, what, what do you want to talk? 
Oh, I mean, first of all, and and some people, I know when I talk to people about this, they think, oh, this is conspiracy theory. But one of the things is it dumbs you down. It makes you more calm. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the big things that it comes to fluoride is it's, it will make you calm down. So it'll kind of take your ability to, to really kind of excel with your, with your mind and thinking, and it actually depresses that. Yeah. They've done studies where they look at the level of fluoride in people's drinking water statewide or countrywide. And then they look at the IQ tests of those people that live in that area. And there's a very, very high correlation with high fluoride levels and lower performance in IQs because those populations are so much easier to control and just keep kind of doing the same thing all the time. That's what they give to zoo animals in high doses to keep them just from going crazy in their, in their cages. And fluoride's a naturally occurring element, but in every country in the world, we've deemed it a neurotoxin. So how is it? And and no governing body has ever established a safe amount for fluoride to be in our food or our water supply. So how is it that we have fluoride in our toothpastes, in our drinking waters and all those things? It, It just, it blows my mind. So yeah. So get something with absolutely crazy. Well, let's talk about cookware real quick. So cookware, the things that we're going to, I mean, first of all, Teflon pans, and we're all starting to realize this, you leave a Teflon pan on um, and you, you just cook it, you'll start to notice smoking. Okay. All those different things that are coming off of that pan right now are things you do not want in the air. You don't want to be breathing it. You don't want to have food. Okay. Also make sure your, your pans are clean. Um, Honestly, heating up vinegar and stuff and make sure you're scrubbing the, the like leftover particulates of other food. You're very beneficial. So you're not eating that charred, that charred, yeah. really that all that leftover stuff on there. So get something that's going to be able to clean that. But like copper pans, mm-hmm. clean copper pans, um, aluminum, or maybe not aluminum, but steel, stainless steel, go stainless steel, copper, and then ceramic coated pans. Yeah. High quality ceramic coated pans. Because I know when it came to Caraway, Caraway was touting themselves as like the ultimate thing. And we're, we're all excited. I remember we were in Arizona. Yep. We both wanted to get some caraway pants. And, and now, I mean, there's third parties that have looked at that and they're bad news bears. That's a perfect example for people that are trying to be healthy, that are willing to pay more money for a certain product because they're marketed as it is healthy, healthy, but that it's, uh, those people just, they need to be lined up and slapped. Yes. So we'll say slapped. <laughs> we'll say slapped. We'll keep it a slap. So cooking, stuff like that. Um, what you have in your bedding, we'll kind of run through that real quick. That that little um the example of the products and stuff. First of all, water. Okay. You have to have it every day. So that's a big thing. You can make a huge change. Get a good filtration system. Berkey again, put a plug in for them. They're awesome. Um, reverse osmosis filter, stuff like that. Those can also be very beneficial. All right, air, getting like a good quality air filter, allowing allowing that and really focusing on getting it and getting fresh air too. Don't sit inside all day. Yeah. Get outside, get some fresh air. Certain areas, you can look at like your, get in the mountains. If you're in Utah, get in the mountains. All right, get above the inversion. Yeah. Get some of that good quality fresh air. Our ski days, I feel amazing. We're at oh, like yeah. 10,000, 12,000 feet. Yeah, back, just, back when we were skiing a bunch, amazing. it's going to make a huge difference. Clothing wise, if you can, try and make sure you, you wash all your clothes before you wear them. I know it's really hard to, to find clothes that are... Or if I had high, high spandex, high polyester content yeah. clothing. I know Lululemon is in, Fabletics. These are all really trendy athletic wear. But think about it, You're sweating in this. You're opening up those pores. Yeah. You're sitting in a sauna with this stuff. That Those synthetic fibers and stuff is really good. Right and as you heat it up, it's, yeah. it's really... It's, a, it's another thing. You heat it up, what's going to happen to it? Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing, bedding. We talked about bedding, mm-hmm. getting like a 
quality bedding. I go for the organic 100% cotton bedding just because, I mean, as long as I can make sure it's clean, as long as I'm clean when I go to bed and washing it regularly. All right. Cookware, just talked about that. Cosmetics. All right. You don't need to have all these fancy lotions and everything like that. There's so many products. Try and simplify those. Mm-hmm. All right. And as you cut out greasy cosmetics or comedogenic cosmetics, and a lot of brands are moving towards those now, um, your skin quality is going to improve. You're going to need less foundation cover up and things like that. Women use, I think on average, about 15 different products on their skin and hair and nails every day. We don't think about our nail beds, but these are highly absorbent. So anything that goes on, if you're painting your nails, ladies, just know those really strong smelling chemicals, fixants, acrylics, and things like that. Those are going right into your bloodstream. Um, it also makes it harder for EMTs to tell if you have capillary filling. So, you know, if something happens to you and we're not sure if your blood flow is working quite right, that can be a problem. Oh, there you go. That's a, <laughs> a good plug right there. Okay. Toiletries. So, I mean, like toilet paper, stuff like that. Bamboo toilet paper. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's probably going to be a little bit safer for you. Yeah. And it's non-bleached, which is great. And those paper plastic fibers are not going in places they shouldn't be. So yes. I'm a fan of that. Absolutely. Deodorant, talked a little bit about that. Um, soap and shampoo, just simplifying the products in that. When it comes to soap, I always go bar soap for me just because I found there. I know exactly like I'm going to find some that are a lot more simple. I'm going to be able to read all the ingredients. I know what the ingredients are in there. And a lot of times when you try to put in liquid form, it's going to be a lot harder. But Dr. Bronner's, if you're going to go with a liquid one, with a liquid one, he, Dr. Bronner actually has some pretty good soaps there. So next one. Toothpaste, talk about that. Shaving yep. cream. Shaving give me some give me some example or uh, some I think coconut oil is good as anything. There we go. I don't know if you've ever tried to shave with coconut oil. It it actually works pretty decent. Yeah. I use a single blade razor. Yeah. Um, it's it works. Um uh there's a couple other ones. I can't remember the exact brands, but we'll do that when we go through our, our medicine cabinets and show you kind of what what brands are past the past the test there. Awesome. Um, yeah. So what are some things that you can do to support healthy filtration, support your body um, in really the filtering organs are the only things that are in charge of doing all that stuff. As much as we think that sweating things out um, is good, that is less of a thing. Um, there's, there's only a few different substances that our body really excretes through our sweat. Our primary way is, is through defecation and urination, and it's because of our filtering organs doing what they're supposed to. Now, the heat from a sauna, for example, really does good things in triggering that whole process to begin. But don't think that just because you're sweating, a lot of this stuff is, is coming out of your, of your system. That's yeah. not our body's primary really way. really comes out, and that's where it's drinking enough water. And, I mean, at least 100 ounces a day, guys. Like if you can get more, absolutely. If you're active and you're sweating a bunch, you need way more. Yep. Okay? I mean excessive is like 200 ounces but like somewhere in between there recognizing that when you're sweating and stuff like that you are going to need more when you're exerting yourself a lot you are going to need a little bit more and put electrolytes in even just a pinch of himalayan rock salt not enough to taste but enough to be in there so that your body doesn't you know lose all of its salts trying to get that water in absolutely because that's going to keep you hydrated water alone doesn't hydrate you you need the electrolytes to keep you hydrated for that uh, osmotic pressure and stuff like that. Yeah, we're big fans of sauna. Yesterday, you weren't proud of me. I did a, uh, I did an hour, almost an hour session in two hundred degree sauna. Dude, and where I, I sweat a ton uh, at my gym, right? Right? Really? Yeah. Oh. It's hard to find a really hot sauna like that because most people, especially in this country, you go to like 
Scandinavia, those people crank oh, yeah. it. If, if you're like Crazy below 200, they're like, this, what is this? This is an Asana. <laughs> yeah. Then I go into like some of these, these gyms around here. It's like 150 degrees, 160 degrees. And everybody in their goldfish is walking in and out with that door wide open while they talk. Yeah. To they friend. come and they look and they, they open it all the way up and then they like hold all it the up. Goes like, out. Guys, you're killing me. We're trying to heat up here. Yeah. <laughs> So sauna is a huge thing. The dynorphins, those heat shock proteins that our body creates, phenomenal for, for health, for endocrine system, um, for this detox process. Hormone stuff like that. Also heating up your core, your core temperature. So one of the, the things that you'll learn as you start doing, um, if you look into sauna, is that, yeah, your body will start to heat up, but actually your core temperature will lower. Okay. Your body starts to lower your core temperature because it puts all the heat out into the tissues that are outside. Um, and that's what it does to try and protect itself. So it's super interesting. It's the same thing with when you're, when you get into a cold plunge, your body, the outside is going to be colder, but it starts flushing all the blood to the inside to keep it warm. It'll actually heat up. So your, your, uh, core temperature will be warmer for a little bit longer after you get out. Yeah. So, and that's why the Romans had this down with the frigidarium and the calderum. They yeah. would go from hot to cold and it's kind of pumping your blood supply into those vitals and out. training your hypothalamus too. I mean, and, and training your, your vasculature. Yeah. Your sympathetic system. Yeah. So yeah. We're talking about like nervous system training right there. Like that's some prime nervous system training. So many of us, we, we live and work at 71 degrees everywhere we go, you know, in our cars, yeah. we're, we're never exposed to the cold temperatures. I remember when I first moved back to the mainland from Hawaii. My body didn't know how to regulate its own temperature. It's been years that I hadn't had to do that, you know, because yeah. I'm just walking around all the time at the same same temperature. So, and and that's one interesting thing. If you go and you look into like Native Americans, and a lot of times when they when the Native Americans lived in places where it was cold, they would take their babies and they would lay them in the snow. Uh huh. Okay, it initiates that brown fat. Anyway, so don't let people tell you that if you're in a 65 degree you know, delivery ward or operating room that your baby's going to get hypothermia. That's, that's not how this works. So oh, I, I get so fresh with that. Like you have to swaddle them up. You have to wrap them up really tight. They're going to freeze. No, they're covered in so much brown fat and, and tissue that is designed to keep them in a comfortable temperature. They're, they're like yeah. wearing. Let's talk about brown fat just really quick. White fat. So that's our main storage form of energy in our body. That's what typically when you look around America, we just have tons of white fat. Okay. Brown fat's an active tissue. It's like lean body mass. Okay. Lean muscle is an active tissue, which means that it burns calories just being there. It's the same thing with brown fat. It's an active tissue. And what it does is it starts to burn to keep you warm. All right. Whereas white fat, it's just a layer of storage. storage. You just have it there. It doesn't do anything. Your body has to try and break into it to, to try and bring it up. Whereas the brown fat's like, hey, Let's go. Let's warm up. We're good. Yeah. White fat will also store a lot of these toxins. Anything that's fat soluble, any oil-based toxin or anything like that, herbicides, pesticides, things like that, your body's going to sequester those away. A lot of times it'll build a little wall around it because it's so toxic. It's like locking a storage unit. It's like, I, I don't want anybody to go in there. That's really bad stuff. Yeah. And and you get these lipomas. You get little tiny weird cysts and things that form around these that structures because your body is so adamant about not breaking into that unless it absolutely has to. So, so just know if you're losing weight and if you're detoxing, you're going to start metabolizing old Wendy's burgers and yeah. things like that. It's you're gonna, and you start noticing some weird, some weird smells too yeah. as you do that, and that's that's okay. It's it's just part of the process. Yeah, it means you're 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 detoxing a lot of this this stuff. It's coming out of your skin and it's going into the air and it's breaking down because it's these unstable molecule compounds that are making the sense that you're you're picking up on now. Push through that phase. 
apologize to whoever you need to. Yeah. It's worth it on the other end of things to be a naturally non-smelly, non-toxic person. Let's talk about infrared lights, red light therapy, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Why do you like that? I love so near and far infrared, different wavelengths, basically a penetration that goes into these tissues. Um, it creates a compound called cytochrome oxidase in the inside of your blood vessels, which causes natural vasodilation. So you're sitting in an infrared sauna or you're exposed to early morning sunlight. Um, your body's going to open up a lot of those circulatory structures, get blood flow into places that probably hasn't had some for a while and start detoxing that. Um, as much as you can detox from, from light with that. Yeah. Huge fan of red light therapy. I think if you can get a full spectrum red light, um, a lot of uh, tanning salons offer something like that. Um, I know beaches, you know, they have these uh, yeah. full spectrum red light uh, booths that you can go into. It really does a lot for, for, for helping your body kind of clean up uh, some of those circulatory structures. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, then we got charcoal and diatomaceous earth. I don't know if people have learned about diatomaceous earth. Diatomaceous earth is really helpful for that. Make sure you get the food grade quality because um, there is non-food grade quality. Non-food grade quality is great for bug problems because those little diatomaceous earth is uh, microscopic organisms that are fossilized. So they've turned into rocks basically, but they're tiny, tiny little spiculated. If you look at it under a microscope, it looks like just little cactuses or something. So you spread that out where you have cockroaches or ants or something, those will get that diatomaceous earth under their exoskeletons and it, it suffocates them, it, it kills them. Um, if you get the food grade quality, it absorbs toxins and things really, really well. Um, they, they also call it KO or bentonite clay. Um, those are diatomaceous earth-based um, systems for that. Let's talk about charcoal though. Oh, uh, activated charcoal. I'm a big fan of activated charcoal. Yeah. Um, it's one of those big things where like, if, I mean, we know all the toxins and the stuff that we've put, that we've been putting in our system. If you have like, I don't know, food poisoning or something like that, or you just ate something that's really messing with your gut, a lot of bloating. I mean, taking activated charcoal, what it's going to go do, it's going to go through, it's going to bind all of those, those things, all those toxins. And it's really just going to flush it out through, again, one of the main ways that we detox our bodies, we detoxify those things is through um, feces or fecal matter. So it's going to help bind those, put it in your poop and get it out of the system. Yeah. So the what? <laughs> what did I say? It sounded like shit stuff. Oh, we can call it shit stuff. I mean, poop on the bread. We always keep it in our first aid kit, and that way, if we're ever poisoned or something like that, uh, it's really easy to bind those toxins there. Sometimes you don't want them to bind to it, so check with poison control. Obviously, if you're suspecting your your poison, don't consult this podcast for the, that type of advice. Yeah. Um, but uh, we use it in the powdered form. It's like drinking ink toner, basically, from your printer. Yes. So, very much so it's all black. It turns your lips and your teeth black for a minute, but really healthy for that. You can use it yeah. to brush your teeth with, too. It makes them really bite. So anyway, big fans of chlor um, of diatomaceous earth. Okay. And then we got chlorella and spirulina. I want to just throw, uh, as well, I want to throw in chlorophyll. Um, I recently started taking chlorophyll. I went and looked at some of the research on it. And it, it has been shown in a lot of people that when they, they chronically take chlorophyll and stuff like that, it can actually help them to, it decreases their body odor. Yeah. So very, cool. very, very interesting thing that you could look into as well. Yeah. Um, Trace Minerals is the brand that I'm using right now. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah. So 
Chlorella and spirulina is great. It's a blue-green algae. It comes in powder form or you can get it in tablet form. Um, really good for getting your vitamin levels where they should be. Uh, sufficient quantities can reverse or slow hair loss, which is amazing uh, because you're creating those B vitamins that your body needs. And then it, it also has a, has a detoxifying effect, if you want to call it that, where it just binds to things that shouldn't be leaving your gut um, and keeps them in there long enough for your body to eliminate those. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then, I mean, if we're going to go hair loss, one, one thing that I've, I've actually seen a lot of information on lately is like things like rosemary oil. Want to help just because I know there's so many different things out there for preventing hair loss or treating hair loss. Um, if you want to go more the natural route, something like those two things can help. So yeah, checking B vitamin levels is, is really good uh, too. That's a, yeah, it's a huge one. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, very dense material here. A lot of really good information though. Yeah. Definitely something we'll go into more uh, detail in, in later podcasts. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. We'd love to kind of get into more detail and answer some of those questions in later uh, later episodes as well. Do you have anything else to add? Just don't let it overwhelm you or freak you guys out. Uh, we are living in a very, very toxic society. Um, and it's really easy to get obsessed with this type of thing. Uh, if you don't check yourself, but just take small measured steps and you're, as you reduce your body's body burden, your toxic load, those filtering organs are going to be better able to keep up with things. And then that toxin level is going to come down. You're going to be more susceptible to things that you shouldn't be in contact with. Um, but you'll start to figure that out and, and just get everybody in your household on board, um, get your spouse on board with it. And then start eliminating those big ticket items that are highly toxic or that you're in constant, frequent contact with every day. Just take little steps. Pick one more thing to eliminate. Pick one more um, thing to, to reduce. Yeah. Simplify your diet. Simplify your life. Yeah. Simplify the, the ingredients of, of the things that you use. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. Yep. Hopefully this is helpful, guys. Thanks for awesome. listening. Really appreciate your time. Um, good luck and catch us next time on Hey Doc.